Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society is often not much impressed by. My name is Caroline and let's go girls. And he's still the one we love. It's Jaff Owen. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. For your fourth episode on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, third subject yes episode we have the Gilmore Girls part four. one and two which yeah. is one of my greatest creative achievements I think it was five hours of five, I, I mean you cut it down to four I've never felt episodes. more like a musician than that day because it felt like we were just stuck in this tiny booth yeah. we were both of us kind of pongy by the end of it <laughs> we were just <laughs> talking and sweating so much a brief bagel, bagel break yeah. and then back in the studio it was again. a blur the second towards the end listening back I, was, I don't remember us even talking about this but you know, so we got through it. And, and now we're back today. Um, and this is the first time, I think, where I've just let you choose the subject. <laughs> I know. Because the first one was for Tweed. The second one was for Girl yep. Girls. And this, um, I asked you to come back on because I love you. And Shania Twain. Yeah. I mean, Shania is actually probably the thing I'm actually qualified to be an expert on. Yes. Obviously, I'm not on Gilmore Girls. I'm supposed Twee I am, kind yeah. of, because of my band. But um, yeah, this I'm a country music journalist. Yeah. That's actually my job. It is. That is how Among you, yeah. other jobs, yeah. So this, I feel like I'm maybe qualified. Yeah, so, but like, you're definitely qualified. <laughs> but that's not why we have you here. No, no. Like, you, you became a fixture on this podcast from the day you told me about the Cindy Horace. Yeah. Um, and uh, why, why is it about Shania specifically? Is she your, she's your diva, she's your icon, she's your everything? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've loved country music since I was like five. So mm-hmm. Shania's, it would be natural that I would love Shania. But I think yeah. I was probably like a teenager when she was at her when she explodes yeah um but i don't remember i, I was aware of her definitely because country was a thing but i was into like mm. indie pop and stuff so shania wasn't really moving around in the circles i was into musically yeah so it did probably it was probably a bit later in life that i came to adore her um and what what is that adoration comprised of apart from just great I mean, bangers she's just, yeah, there's just bangers i mean she's she, you know she writes from a sort of underdog perspective, I suppose, and mm-hmm. she has been through a lot. But I don't know if that shows through. And I think it's just like, there's a joy. Mm. I'm very into joyful things, like things that lift you up because life's hard enough. And mm. Shania does bring the joy. And it's just, I mean, she's almost like the perfect country star for me. Why is that? Because she's often, she's, people are in the... I, in preparation for this episode, because mm. you know so much about her and you feel so emotionally about her, I almost didn't want to spoil myself by like reading a Wikipedia article about a divorce or whatever. I wanted to get it straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Your Chennai's horse. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I know very little. I've listened a lot to the music and it's like, but the, I don't think it's particularly revealing music. Like it's an interesting, the two roads diverging in the yellow wood of Shania Twain and Taylor Swift of these... Uh, country pop artists who were like, oh, we they have this background in country and people from the country music scene arguing whether they're country enough mm. or whether they've betrayed their roots. And I think it's very interesting to talk about Shania specifically in this moment as we have this complete world domination from Taylor Swift. And we often... I, I've known, I don't know, you've obviously done a lot more reading than I have in, in country music and music genres that border on to country. But it seems like when people talk about the Taylor Swift legacy, they skip over Shania because it's kind of inconvenient to have another icon who's done the exact same I thing. When she, I mean, she outsells Taylor. I mean, she's... Yeah. So, and she invent. I mean, she... What's the phrase? She runs so Taylor can dominate yes, the world. She, yeah, she... Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. she... I mean, she invent And she invents not... It's not just Shania as, like, being a country icon. It's the sound as well that, mm. like... Um, 
Shania's sound is that sort of combines like rock dynamics with with country and pop and you get and, and that's exactly what Taylor does on Red which is the album that like I mm-hmm. mean Red is Max Martin's production on that is is, is Shania's yeah. production I mean Shania invents modern pop it's early to go into it but it talks to me like I'm a baby <laughs> Baby. She's born. <laughs> yeah, she's born in Canada. In Canada. In, in, Take us from there. 1965. Yeah. Um, that's quite factual. Um, <laughs> and then she and she grows up very poor, uh-huh. um, like Dolly Parton poor, like wearing like plastic bags on her feet and taking mustard sandwiches to school poor. Wow. Like really poor. And they keep having to move house because they keep defaulting on mortgages and rent and wow i didn't again didn't know that at yeah. all so she's she's the same sort of dolly parton thing like literally mm-hmm. lives in poverty basically um <laughs> whenever uh, a canadian person lives in poverty i'm like but that shouldn't be they had social security and all still kinds be of nice, things though. yeah it's still <laughs> nice not real poverty though. um yeah so and uh her, her real dad leaves her biological father leaves I think her mum, when she's like two, she's already, her, her mum's already got a, another daughter from mm. her previous husband who died in a car crash. The tragedy starts quite early on for, for Shania. Mm. Um, and then at four, her mum remarries Jerry Twain, who's adopts Shania and there's another child. So Twain is her real last, well, not real, but, you know, it, it is her real, it's, it's, it's her just, real, it feels like yeah. such a show name, Shania I know. Twain. She's Eileen. Her real name is Eileen. So okay. the first, Shania is, False. The Twain is mm-hmm. real, um, and then and her, but then her, her dad, her stepdad, but who's adopted her is uh, he's abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, her mum's depressed, so it's a pretty crazy household right. she's growing up in, um, and the stories from that time are just really bleak, and she's just in the middle of it really, mm. um, and then at eight they sort of her mum sort of realizes she likes to sing and realizes that she might be. A cash cow of, right. sort, of sort, and so as as many parents of gifted children before <laughs> exactly, her, yeah, and so she starts singing in bars from eight, the age of eight, like after midnight when they've stopped serving, mm. she goes to sing in bars, and, that, and everyone thinks this is fine. This is absolutely fine. It's not because we're not actually buying alcohol anymore, so it's fine that an eight year old would be singing because oh. once they stop serving, you can still drink. Yeah, <laughs> but as long as you're not serving, it's fine for an eight year old to be singing in a bar. Yeah. Also, I actually, I think you'd like nice. to see that, would you? I think I would. I, <laughs> you, know you know what? what? I would like to see I it. Would, <laughs> come midnight in the dolphin, I would like to see that. <laughs> Do you know what? It would sort of puncture the atmosphere a bit. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. yeah, it might make. I might sort of just rain it in a little bit. I think. But, oh, it's a child singing yeah. country music on the, on the bar. Um, yeah, like if it's like literally like an eight-year-old child singing about like how her man hit her or something, yeah. I would find that both moving and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would buy that child I, a drink. Yeah, I think there'd be less <laughs> fights. I imagine. I don't think there were though. She said it was quite a violent. Again, so she was just there was violence all around yeah. her, and there was sort of a certain type of men that she sort of became quite aware of quite mm-hmm. early on in life. I think her sort of mistrust for men and just sort of her, I don't know, her not dislike, but I just think yeah. she she sees a side of men throughout her life from quite early on. Um, in bars, and she's kind of sing when she's when she's eleven, mm. she can sing um, either so she can sing in the bar, and then the strippers will come on, but she can't stay in the bar for the strippers. But then she can do her second set after the strippers. Her second set, yeah, after at the strippers. eleven, yeah, but she can't stay in the venue while the strippers are on because that would be wrong. 
That would that be much? <laughs> that would be too much. Yeah. Um, wow, this feels like 19th century, like vaudevillian. I know, like coal miner's daughter. It's and it must insane. be like mid 70s. I guess 76. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and her, her her stepdad's still very um, still very violent at home. So it's 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 quite a scary time. There's some crazy stories in that book about you know her mum being beaten unconscious and then. Shania attacking him with a chair to stop him flushing her head down the toilet. It's quite yeah. crazy wow. stuff and it's really, um, it's quite wild. So when she's like 13, she decides she's had enough. So one day when um, her dad is out at work, she like packs up the car and gets her mum out of bed because her mum's in dead bed most of the day mm. and then they escape to like Toronto to an abusive women's shelter for oh abuse my, women 13 yeah so she's kind of looking after the fact yeah. she is kind of the sort of the mother of the family i'm not sure how old her sister is but she, it's yeah. definitely shania that seems to sort of take the responsibility for all this god um yeah it's so interesting hearing all of that in the wake of like the britney spears uh, yeah. book that's come out and it, it being this thing of like an abusive home uh, a man at the centre of it that's controlling everything but it's sort of instead of there being this like great moment of liberation and of fleeing this thing of like everything just capitulates around him and he just kind of gathers more and more control so it's like this This almost sounds like the hopeful version of what Brittany went through I mean this yeah it, yeah yeah, yeah. But, uh, I feel like it's about to get even darker okay yeah no I mean yeah. I love not version. knowing this by the way <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> um, so yeah they leave and they, they they have a house in Toronto and I think they're there for a couple of years and then they move um, move she moves uh, her mum moves back mm-hmm. with to Jerry um, oh. to stay and they live with his grandparents and I think it still carries on. Uh, yeah. It's it definitely still carries on, and it's quite dark. And Shania is back and forth at that time between she's kind of living in Toronto um, with a boyfriend or with some friends and mm. stuff, and doing music, trying to do music. Even though the weird thing is, she's not really that into music. Really? Well, she is in. She loves writing songs. Not into music is wrong. She's not into playing live. Is like mm-hmm. that's not really her thing. She doesn't really want to be a singer like a live singer that's it seems like she loves writing songs and that's where she where she sort of where she finds herself that's her sort of coping mechanism is to write songs mm. but when I sort of read stuff and went in interviews she never seems like it seems like mostly it was her mum that was sort of driving her yeah. wanting to be a star and also that she's like the main breadwinner um in the family yeah um so it's so it's she's like, how, how can you even like separate out your love or passion for something when you're using you're using it to support your entire yeah. family, you know. And I think her her um, it also becomes like a, a point of contention between her mum and her dad, which is like because they'll use money to put gas in the car to take Schneier to sing in a mm. strip club, where she's mm. singing, and then he he hasn't got enough petrol to get to work the next day. So it's mm. she kind of feels herself sort of being the reason as well for why they're arguing a lot of the time. Okay. Um, so she's back and forth. And then yeah. at she's 17, she gets the job as a foreman for a forestry commission. Well, you weren't expecting that? No. <laughs> it's like a, I guess it's like a logging town. And, sure, yeah. And her family get into like a sort of deforestation replanting business. Uh-huh. And so she's, but she's the foreman for some reason. I don't know why. Shania is the foreman <laughs> of a, of a de- logging business. 
Yeah, it's great. And she's what, like 15? Like... I think she's like 17, 16, 17 right. when she does that. It's a good twist. It's a great I, twist. Because yeah, I knew the story and even when I read the, I was like, oh, and I'm still surprised when that one comes along. Um, so she's back and forth and, and still but she's doing music mainly most of the time are there any songs about the logging years she does write the big hits but the logs don't really make it into there they but I guess it's all you know it's all in there isn't it with Schneier like I think that's the thing like everything she's been through is in her songs but never I never feel like never it's overtly. explicit yeah, yeah never like it's not like these are songs about this which is quite a sort of it's one of the reasons I, I sort of I like her in a way because it isn't this sort of autobiography yeah to sort of just I think she's sort of more fun than that in a way. Yeah. Um, and then, so that carries on. And then in her, she's got a manager by this point, a friend of the family. And she's sort of starting to kind of get somewhere, in music, like just starting to meet people and get somewhere. And then when she's 22, her parents die in a car crash. No. Yeah. So that's like. Well, good riddance. <laughs> I think she did still love them. Right. I mean, she's sure. a very she's a very compassionate person. She, yeah. she does, like, the mad thing reading her book is, like, she has compassion for anyone who's ever wronged her. Even, like, her abusive stepdad. You know, her mum who made her play. You know, she's she, there's no there's no anger mm. um, there, really. She's just compassionate. So, um, so her parents die. Obviously, now she's... And so she has to go home to Timmins, Ontario, to look after... She's basically now the mother of her, her younger, um, her old, yeah, her sister and her, her two brothers. She's basically the the um, the mother of the family, basically. So she looks mm-hmm. after them. So it looks like it's all over. Which she say, does yeah. actually say in one point in um, that she kind of feels almost free when they die of the sort of obligation to be a performer. There's a point where she's like, although it's, I mean, it's really tragic. She has to go home and. Mm. And like go through the coroner's reports and stuff for the car crash, and the whole thing is that all falls on her, and it's quite a strange thing to imagine anyone at seventeen having to take on. Um, and then, so the, she, she has to look after the kids, basically, and the way she does that is by going to this um, like fun park, Deerhurst Fun Park, it's called, where they have mm. um, people performing all the time, and so right. that's how she sort of. A fun park. Uh, what's a fun? What's it called? Resort? A fun resort? Oh, right. right. <laughs> fun, fun park. Resor- fun it's a fun park. park. <laughs> resort. <laughs> and, that uh, is what they'd call it in Canada. <laughs> it's a, a fun, fun park. It's a fun park where she performs rock and pop songs right. and country songs okay. for, for people. And that's that, and then I imagine it's like a county fair sort of situation. Yeah, but it's like, you know, like it's two takes two candy floss yeah. as a Ferris wheel. No. I, <laughs> no. No, that, that is a fun park. No, what I've just... That is what I've... It's more like Butlins. Right. Okay. Yeah. What's that? What do, what do we call that? A holiday, holiday park. park. Yeah, there we what, go. Yes, yeah. no, okay. I have a clear... Okay. Yeah. An and she now. performs like seven nights a week. And um, mm. so that that's what she does to... The lines for her, her becoming Shania Twain just seems so unfathomable from here. The, She's a grieving... Yeah. <laughs> like 20-year-old who's... A foreman of a logging company and is now singing in the Butlins. Yeah. It just doesn't look... It's just, it never it's just looks not lightly. looking bright. No, even when you read the book, you're like, even, maybe this doesn't end the way I thought it did. Even surviving to this point and, and making a living at the Butlins at yeah. the logging factory as well, yeah. that's a success story enough I know. within the context of this life. I know, yeah. <laughs> it still would have been enough. It would have been enough. It would have been enough for Eileen. Yeah, but, but not Eileen, for Shania. But not for Shania. Fuck. So, and I guess some then, and this must be, 
80s, sort of late 80s. And then she's got a manager and someone spots her or she's like, someone brings her to the attention she's also of someone. gorgeous. Well, yeah, in 2009, there was a study by, a, a, it was a Toronto university that said she had the most pe- perfect face. Well, she does. Yeah, and that's, and, that, and that's not just us saying that. Yeah. That's actually... <laughs> that's the University of Toronto, a completely yeah. unbiased yeah. body. <laughs> yeah. I guess that helps. She does have a perfect face. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. she, you know, she's... It's obviously is is going to be like a big star as soon as someone spots her, they're like well that's going to work because she's got an amazing yeah. voice she's got like this rasp in her voice mm-hmm. like she's got a sort of Karen Carpenter yes as if Karen Carpenter had smoked like twenty Benson <laughs> Hedges she's kind of got that voice yeah and that's like that's yeah, the dream su- isn't it sweet but tough which yeah. is what you want a country singer to sound yeah. like right um, and she's writing songs so she's a good songwriter at that point yeah as well but it's not she signs a record deal first album comes out but there's none of her songs on it yeah so. Um, so some things sort of start picking up, and that's like '93. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a bit weird because, like, the best song on it is probably the one she wrote, and there's like mm. a couple of hits, and there's it, not it's not huge success at all. I think it gets to like 57 in the yeah. charts. Um, but what it is famous? And is she still in Canada at this point? No, she's now now she's kind of now she's Nashville. She's definitely okay. gone to Nashville to sort mm-hmm. of to do country. Um, and the kids are old enough. Her little brothers and sisters are old enough to have left. She waits for them, basically. Mm. She waits until they're old enough to look after themselves right. to to do it. So she's like 28 at this point. Which, like, which is so old. That is so... For like women in pop music to really get started at 28 yeah. years old. Yeah. Which like, is, yeah. Kylie Minogue was having her comeback at 33. That's mad. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, it's 28 years old. And you don't... Yeah, she's like a, sort of old for a footballer. You know, it's... Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, but then I kind of, that's kind of why, she, another reason I love Shania, throughout this podcast, yes. the, the, no. the reasons I love Shania will slowly be revealed. This is all part of it. Um, and it's because she sort of ties into that, that sort of adult women, like adult, I guess here in country music, like mm. it is quite a unique genre because it's like music made by adults for adults and about adults. And no other genre mm. really does that. Like you, it doesn't really... This is pre two thousand and six. Um, like and Shania, when two thousand and six, a big year for for Taylor. She changes it all. Anyway, okay. but in, um, sure. um, it, when Shania's coming out, she's just like that's kind of standard for country to be talking about the adult female experience. So it's like yeah. divorce, it, you know, all the thing divorce. Like you can have children in, in country mm. music and sing about it without it being weird. Yeah, like you can't do that in pop yeah. music. It just no, and you know, just doesn't really. Yeah, happen. and like murder ballads and like yeah, like, yeah, very mature it's and like all, alcoholism and yeah. domestic abuse and it's, it's not, all there. In it's not much about being teenagers until Taylor Swift comes along. Yeah, um, and even like the teenage stars are singing about being adults. They're singing adult songs. It's quite so. Wow. At twenty eight, is it fits in that she would be singing like songs about being an adult. Yeah, and like the adult experience, especially for women, and it is quite unique in that way um wow i'd never thought about that before um it's what makes it so special yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so she's she, but she's but her songs aren't on that first album really but they are sort of they, you know, it's a good mm-hmm. it's a good album but um she's disappointed because she, she's not really getting much creative um input into it but she does get very creative in the videos mm. which is kind of what she becomes when she first like becomes famous for the videos, mm. more than the songs probably. So what's the first big video to hit? So the first big one is What Made You Say That? And it okay. gets banned by country music television. Why? 
because of her midriff, because she's shown her midriff. Fuck off. Yeah, it's mad. And obviously, I guess country does have that sort of Christian conservatism, mm-hmm. like running through it. Like you always have to be aware of that if you're making country music. Mm-hmm. I don't. But, you know, Americans do. Yeah. Like appealing to that or sort of stepping too far outside of that. And country is kind of like this game of seeing how far you can push that, push against Christian conservatism, like to, mm-hmm. and, and not like completely blow it. Um, and so if you watch the video back, it's, it's I mean, it's mad to think. I mean, she, yeah. we'd like to, I don't know when Christina Aguilera's Dirty is coming, that's probably like yeah, yeah. four years away from that, you know, and and it's like a raunch culture's like on the horizon. Madonna's put out the sex book in, like, yeah. in 92 yeah. and then they're worried about a midriff. But then, Twain's midriff. Yeah, which becomes kind of the thing, like people talk about her midriff loads. That's so nuts. And so crazy. Yeah, and they, they 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 really like it. Really is like any care That's like in all the reviews, it's like about mm. her midriff. So okay, try and square the circle for me within okay. the world of country music, whereby we have adult women singing adult songs about adult things, mm. um, in, up to including, you know, marriage, abuse, sort of domestic problems, yeah. all kind of stuff. But the the visual acknowledgement of that sexuality and that womanhood is absolutely verboten. Yeah. Like, does everyone just look like Jewel at this point? <laughs> like, just like long blonde yeah. hair and... I mean, they don't, yeah. I mean, Dolly Parton's been, you know... Yeah, exactly. But so Dolly like... Parton's tits have been in our face for 20 years at this point. So I don't understand why Shania's midriff is so controversial. It's a fair, but I get, I don't, I mean, I don't know, you know, I guess... I don't know. I don't know. I, just don't know I don't know. I mean, it's shocking that it is, but you're right. Like, yeah. it's not like country music didn't have, like, sexy moments, you yeah. know, um, like in the 70s and... And the 80s, I, I read yeah. a quote somewhere that was um, some contemporary country male star at the time uh, calling Shania the world's highest paid stripper. Yeah, I think Steve Earle calls her that. Steve yeah, Earle. Yeah. And Steve Earle's a good man, you know. No, he isn't. Well, he's not now. No, I know. But, you he's know, a good man. He, he's like one of the good ones, you know. <laughs> right. Like, so it was like, I know when I, I read that quote, I was like, that's, come on, That Steve. is nuts. Prick. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> that's How, just, yeah, I mean, what? That that's but that was like that was just how how she was seen. So how is how is Shania digesting all of this at the time? Is she like is she like knowingly this person who is like from poverty didn't organically fall in love with music but just can do music? She is loves now, songwriting. She loves songwriting. Yeah, yeah. But is she just like a part of her is like I am a hot woman. I'm going to make a million bucks. I think she just knows she she wants to do her own music and she wants to put her songs out there. It's her relationship with performing is quite. One, she's sort of like reluctant, but she's very good at it, and mm-hmm. she's got an amazing voice. And so she's she doesn't feel like she's ever that excited about going out on stage. Certainly, when in the early years, um, like she doesn't when she talks about it, it's not as if like she can't wait to get on tour. And she doesn't tour the first two records, which mm-hmm. is quite mad. Um, she doesn't tour until she's two records in, three records in before oh. she tours, which is great. Yeah, so she. She's put this out and she's, I think she's disappointed that she's not, mm-hmm. that it's not her songs and stuff, but she is excited about being creative in the video mm-hmm. world, which um, she makes, you know, some quite good videos yeah. early on. Um, and then, but then she's aware that like she could get dropped, like she hasn't sold enough records to sort mm-hmm. of guarantee a next record. Um, and then, and then she gets this phone call from Mutt Lang. Now Mutt. So, Mutt Lang. So Mutt Lang, um, he's like, the 
the world's like most the biggest rock producer. He's done okay. like ACDC's Black in Black. And his name is Mutt. Yes, his name is Robert Mutt Lang, Mutt Lang Mutt with two T's. Okay. And when Shania signs the CD, she famously just puts one T. She's completely unaware of Mutt Lang. As unaware as I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm, he's not really from my world either. Yeah. Um, but I know, obviously, I, I know Shania, so I know Matt Lang. Yeah. Um, he's made some some records that some of my male friends absolutely love. Mm-hmm. ACDC's Back in Black, all the Def Leppard albums. Mm-hmm. Some dreadful records. Um, some, he's, some really, <laughs> some really bad, bad records. Um, Brian Adams. Uh, oh, he wrote everything, everything I do. I do it for you. What? Oh, parentheses, of course, around the first bit. <laughs> Which I think he brings is the main thing. He's not the main thing he brings to Shania, but he definitely brings brackets. But <laughs> she loves a bra- she loves an exclamation point, and she loves a bracket. Yeah, I <laughs> so so I think funny. the brackets is him. So we're, we're referring to the titles of Shania's it's, songs. Yeah. So there's like the the exclamation points are like up and uh, ka-ching. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I, mean, I love I mean, nah. Man, exclamation mark. I feel like a woman, exclamation mark. Yeah. Quite unnecessary. And then, and then the brackets are, what are the bracket songs again? Um, don't be stupid. Brackets. You, you know, know I, I love, love you. you. Yeah. Um, what are the brackets? You always want to get, one, yeah, it's like, want to get to know you that good. Which way around the brackets on that? Yeah. I think the brackets are around, want to get to know you. And then it's like, I, I mean, it's, it's, and then exclamation mark at the end of that. <laughs> But I like the exclamation marks because I feel like they're quite a sentimental garbage thing anyway. They're like, so sentimental garbage. Yeah, yeah. You, you pointed out that when I was uh, I, when I was texting you, I was really going in on exclamation points just before we even identified Shania Twain. <laughs> there should be an entire episode on the exclamation point because I, I do text with a lot of them. I mean, I do as well. Yeah. and I, But I mean, I'm, I imagine you're made to feel ashamed of them. Yes, frequently. Yeah. Um, and I, I've completely forgotten that. The, but what it generally is is because I'm a bad texter. And uh, and and I just leave it days or whatever, and uh, then I want to communicate to whoever I'm texting that it's not that I'm, it's not that I don't like them or I don't care. It's just that I have you know limited resources for texting yeah. mentally, and uh, I just want to show lots of enthusiasm and willing. <laughs> so it's like six exclamation points. Yeah, I think I got six in each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just do because I am actually that excited. I'm like I am. I'm, yeah. I'm an excitable person. I, I yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Like if, if if like someone wants to go for a drink with me, I, I'm excited at the idea of that. I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> It's not me going like, yes. Yeah. It's like, like, I'm excited. A reason to go out. A reason not to be yeah. in. So, I'm, so I use them loads. So funny. Punctuation should be an episode of the podcast. Because you know what punctuation yeah. I do feel snobby about? Ellipses. I hate people who use ellipses in texts. What's an ellipse? Like, like a, a dot, dot, dot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I find it smug. I find it weird. <laughs> yeah. I think I might use them, but I'll stop now. You can stop. Yeah, my girlfriend actually did say she didn't like them either. Like, why do you think you're like God's gift? Or you think I'm going to be so horny because you're not committing to like, I'm not going to fuck you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so ellipses, okay, okay. So ellipses, parentheses. No. Oh, I, think, so I think parentheses are definitely... So I think Shania's they're, friend. I think, Is that a country music thing though? To have no, brackets? and I think it's, uh, I think that comes from... Mutt. Mutt Lang. <laughs> I think that comes from him. Yeah. I don't see, cause, just because he's used them earlier in his career mm-hmm. on that Brian Adams song, which doesn't even make sense. Everything I do is in brackets. <laughs> so the name of that song is I Do It For You. So dumb. <laughs> I hope that's right. Loads of Brian Adams fans absolutely yeah. live it. You don't have Brian Adams fans listening to this. I think we have a 
I didn't try and place for a baby when you're gone on this podcast, oh, yeah, but otherwise yeah, I don't, right, I don't right. really okay. acknowledge it. Okay. <laughs> I only acknowledge the Spice Girls adjacent work and I think that's yeah. why I've been good. Um, but where were we in the Shania story? Um, in the tale. Exclamation marks. Where have we got? She's, oh, she's met, so Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang. Um, so he's a huge rock producer. Like he's like back in Black Base, DC is like the second biggest selling album of all time. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing he's doing well. He's living in England. He loves country music, mm-hmm. and Shania she loves rock music. <gasps> but she's unaware of Mutt Lang for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, he asked for a signed CD. It's a weird thing for a, a multi-millionaire. It's a real producer. horny gambit, yeah, though. Yeah. Is this going in a horny place? This story. Oh yeah, this is going in a horny place. Okay, good <laughs> because that thing of like somebody who's like so far above you. In the sort of in your industry, asking you yeah. for something signed is such a horny move. I think. Is it empty? No, but I'd like it to. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess that is quite a move. Yeah, it's that is a huge that is, move. It's a huge move. He's not just like, yeah. I collect CDs by country singers and I like them to be signed. Yeah. No, you're right because he's reached out to her publicist, horny. I think, to get it. So she signs it. If like I'm trying to think of one fuckable male novelist, like if Carl Oveg Nausgaard <laughs> came up to me and said, "Like I'd like you to sign this with his huge Norwegian hands," <laughs> I would flood my basement. <laughs> Do you know who that is? <laughs> Fine, I would flood my basement. <laughs> huge hands. That's all right. Huge. I'll show you a picture in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, so much yeah it's a huge move a huge move from Mutt she doesn't know how big his hands are she didn't know anything about Mutt she spells yeah. his name wrong which imagine that coming back his name is spelled wrong mm. he's like oh okay mm. um, he's that's bit, even hornier he's a bit older than her I think she senses he's a bit older on the phone they chat on the yeah. phone mm-hmm. loads um, for hours on end she sings her songs to him down the phone. He plays her stuff he's producing Hot. and he's written. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really and also he always um he always pays for her. so she rings him, he rings her back. Oh god. Because he's like a multimillionaire. Rock I'm just imagining her like on this landline in her kitchen, just like twirling the things between I her know, fingers. I and know. he's in his big important office in England. I know. <laughs> I'm going to ruin that. Really for you. into this. I know, I know he's going to turn out to be a total break. No. Also, she's living with her boyfriend Paul at the time. Paul. Paul doesn't. <laughs> and Paul's family. But there's no, there's no, there's, it's not romance. Isn't in the air. She. It's just like, oh my god, mm. we are such a similar. But creative, Paul thought no differently page. though. Paul was absolutely fine with it. He's no worries there. He'd probably Google Mutland. Although, yes, you couldn't Google. There were no. Yeah. Phones. There were phones. Obviously, there were phones. There were phones. There were, yeah, but there were no. But like, Shania was tying it up. But she didn't. She doesn't Google him. She doesn't see what because I mean, yeah. she can't. I guess because like, it hasn't been invented. No, yeah. <laughs> but she just can't. She doesn't go to the library and get a book yeah. to look at picture of Matt Lang. Yeah. Um, she yeah. just thinks. So she imagines him as this um, like older guy, balding with a ponytail still. So that's mm. she has quite a weird picture of him. Anyway, they're they're doing. Swapping song ideas and just really getting on. It's and then it's it's six months before they meet. Um, they they they're, they're calling mm. like every night. Mm. Um, and record label don't know anything about this. Mm. They're just wondering like when she's going to make a new record, and where like where all her songwriting's going, and and then they meet at the Nashville Fan Fair, which is like a country music fan fair that you have every year on June the first. Mm. The date's important. Um, June, it's not my sister's important. birthday. It's not, is it? it and is. that's why it's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they meet there, and obviously, Matt isn't. You know, he's actually kind of hot. Mm. 
Uh, he's got like big curly rock hair, which can Shania I loves. A, can I Google it? <laughs> what the, don't, make sure it's like 1993, though. Okay. Why is he had a, had a tumble since? Well, I guess it's, that was quite a while ago. Oh, fair enough. The curly hair, I do get it. He looks like um, one of the Allman brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I get it. It's it's a fun yeah it's a fun vibe. It's like and, and especially for Schneider who likes a rocker. Yeah. It's like um a it's like a very Scandi rocker look. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. He's South African. He's South African. South African, African actually. Mm. Yeah. So, but lives in London. I think he's like so maybe South African okay. British. So I've just spoiled a major. <laughs> That's part of fine. The story. It happens very quickly. Yeah. So they get married. So they meet. Yeah. They meet in June and then they get married in December, and they also write a record in those six months so she, she when she first meets him she's like oh actually quite hot um and then but they don't immediately fall in love mm-hmm. i mean it's obviously quite quick yeah they're married but but, but they've but, been cooking on the six yeah, month like that's phone chat time yeah and so they've got a lot and they, they're still and so they start writing together in person um traveling everywhere with their two guitars they call themselves a two guitar family because they go around with two guitars each, which is so cute and um and yeah, they, and they write the, they write Common Over. They write Woman in Me, sorry. So yeah. they write Woman in Me uh-huh. in six months, um, which is mad. And so, and his production, which brings us back to where we began, his, he comes from a, a, like a, a heavy metal rock background mm-hmm. and he's, he brings that production that he's used on these huge records by Def Leppard um, and Brian Adams and he brings it to, to country, basically. Mm. And... Changes the world. Changes the world forever. Yeah. The first single is like, Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under? Yes. Which is an absolute banger. But quite a country banger. Like, that's the that's the sort of most palatable... So Come On Over is their album. Sorry. No, Women in Me is the first... Yeah, is the, is the, the one they write in six months. <sighs> that hair. Yeah, it's shot so by good. Bo Derek's husband. What? Yeah, the, the cover. Wow. <laughs> Facts. <Women and> me. <laughs> okay. Lots of long titles here. But yeah, who's ba- yeah who's yeah ba- any man of mine any, any man of mine any man of mine's the big mm-hmm. the big one which they saved to be the second single because it is it's kind of mad to listen to it now and think that people at the record label were worried about this record like they didn't think it would sell because yeah. it sounds like the way we hear country now because Precisely. she reinvents country in and pop music in such a way that it doesn't feel alien to us but it felt quite mad in '93. It must have sounded insane. So who was the, the biggest country? Garth star? Brooks. Uh, Garth, Garth Brooks. Is, Garth Brooks is at okay. his height, and Garth's like doing stadium country in a different way. And how does that sound? It's just more. It's just rock and country, quite like high pop production, but it doesn't. It's not like it, it's similar, but not as poppy. I suppose mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't have the sort. Of, Shania does bring it like a really heavy pop element to it mm-hmm. that isn't there in Garth's. And people are pissed about this? Yeah. I mean, because country's whole thing is like authenticity. Yeah. yeah. And that's its big, like, it spends most, like, country journalists, most of their job is arguing about whether something is country or not. That's so dumb. It's I know, it's so dumb. And now Americana exists and people argue about whether something's Americana. It's just, that's literally your job. It's like to argue about these things. It's very boring. Because as far as I'm concerned, everything is. Yeah. Even things that aren't. Um, Yeah. So, it's interesting because it is one of those genres of music that is often kind of maligned and made fun of by people who aren't related yeah. with it. So I guess the need to protect the integrity of the thing that is already fringe. Yeah. You know? Maybe, yeah, that know. probably is. I mean, I think people are sort of, people do have that sort of, and they listen to anything but country idea. Yeah. But yeah. that's probably more like, 
I think that's more to do with people distancing themselves from working class tastes. Yeah. Especially in uh, like America. I think that's why, you know, it's, it, it is seen as like the music of the working class, the white working class. Because that's what's surprising about this. Because I, I think I thought that like, oh, you know, Shania comes along and she's Canadian and she's hot and she's poppy and she's fun and everyone's grossed out by it. But it's like that, the, <laughs> the, the, the that, that song, Any Man of My, I think it was such a, it didn't sound out of place to me no. at all as a country song. And also she's got this like, she's got the, the backstory of a country singer and it just all feels so perfect. It's what's so odd about it. I think one of the reasons like people are just like the sort of media or the, you know, journalists are, are distrustful is just because she's a woman yeah. attractive, possibly Canadian. Like if, <laughs> possibly because she's Canadian. I, but I don't think that doesn't yeah. really come into it that often. Her being Canadian doesn't seem to be a reason that I've ever read for like, yeah. it genuinely seems to be the videos that, the mean they sort of don't trust her as an authentic. Yeah. And then obviously she starts working with Mutt mm-hmm. and uh, he's. And then out- they get married. He's an outsider. Yeah. So what happens to Paul? She just bins him off. Yeah. It's good. Paul, he doesn't. He's obviously around as a character in the book, but I would say that he. Is just, Paul related with music or is he just Paul? He's just there. She does a lot of writing there uh-huh. and obviously she's on the phone a lot. Um, but I imagine Paul, I don't, I don't you know, but yeah. she loved Paul. True. But it was time to move on uh-huh. um, and she doesn't move on to like to be with Mutt she moves in with her manager for what I work out is about three days <laughs> then she moves in with her. yeah Good. Uh, and then they go away they're just like travelling around they go to Mutt's house in Spain they, they write in London and Mallorca and they're just and what kind of a living was she earning prior to this I know she was signed but clearly it didn't, hadn't gone well for her well, she's so... living with Paul and Paul's parents so... right so not great I don't, yeah so yeah. it's probably not like loads I mean yeah, she's pushing 30. She yeah. lives with her boyfriend's parents. Yeah. Her first album hasn't gone well and people think she's dressed too sexy. <laughs> yeah. She's like Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, she, she is, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. But she's about to show them, just like Aaron. Yeah. yeah. She is. Yeah. She's going to memorise lots of phone numbers. <laughs> she could do that. That's the yeah. sort of thing I would be good at. That imagine. feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she, um, so they make this record. They get married mm-hmm. while they're writing the record they, and then they and then they present it to the label. Who are like, where have you? What have you been doing? Well, you guys they're very secretive, but then they're very excited because she obviously doesn't know how big a deal Mutt Lang is. Yeah, and so when they're like, "I'm working with Mutt Lang," they're like, "What?" Oh, well, Mutt Lang has found this like a random gorgeous yeah. woman, and they're like, "Oh, really you, well. you're you're like, oh, you're working with like one of the biggest producers in the world." Yeah, well, that's fine, Shania. Oh, and you're also married. <laughs> Carry oh, and, on, Shania. And also, we're probably going to get mates' rates on the production. Like, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that. So, oh my god! But it is, and then they sort of start taking it to country radio and. And people are shocked. Like they, that's why they have to leave with "Who's Bed Boots Been Under" because mm-hmm. it's the most country song on there. Yeah, it is. And any man of mine, any mention comes... of boots or footwear exactly. is very country. Absolutely love it. It's the tropes. We it's love the, the we tropes. Love the tropes. <laughs> we love the tropes. That's, yeah. It's just a game of tropes. Yeah, country is just the the bottle of whiskey, the pickup yeah. truck, the boots, the divorce. You know, you know divorce. It, it's all there. And that's like country's country's skill is like it's like finding a new way to talk about something that's been sung about like so many times mm. that's literally the game that everyone plays that's why it's such a a weird yeah. sort of insular world but like also quite a sort of fun genre like most people try and break out of that whereas country's whole thing is it tries to write about the things that are always written about in a new way that's so interesting because i remember when uh, years ago me and gab did like a uh 
road trip of the South in America. So obviously it was a lot of country music stations. Yeah. This, was, this was before you could automatically sync your phone to a to a <laughs> car radio. Yeah. And it was a simpler time because you got to know the geography of a place through radio. Yeah. And it was just this thing of like, oh, wow, we're hearing about another whiskey bottle. Yeah. We're hearing about another pickup truck and another like thing about a factory closing. And it was just like, we had this like word, there's like a word cloud of yeah, like a yeah, hundred yeah. words that just kept keep getting swapped around. And it is oddly comforting, especially if yeah. you're like in this landscape that's made for driving long distances I know, and there's Texas, like familiarity to it. You know, it's lovely. It does make sense. Just driving through Texas like last week and it's just yeah. so huge and it's like country makes so much sense there. Yeah. And not because you're surrounded by whiskey and stuff. It just it makes sense to the landscape that it would be the same song because the landscape hasn't changed. Why would the song? Yes. So they just changed yes. the lyric. And, that, I mean, and again, the problems it, haven't changed. No. There's still adult problems. Yeah. But, you know. Um, so it, it is interesting in that way because it doesn't really make an attempt to to sort of to, to move the, melodically and sort of as song, like they, yeah. they kind of remain the same. It's really just the lyric that changes. It's quite a lyric first. Mm. I mean, it is a very lyric first genre. It's all about the lyric. It doesn't really matter what, yeah. the tune can just be the, the same one they had on the last record. You yeah. know, it's so. And it's also thinking more about it and thinking about sort of like, uh, sort of below the Mason Dixie line or whatever, and and people singing in their own accents, mm. and how really that is the only dignified place within mass media they will hear their own voices. Because yeah. if you have a southern voice in most sort of TV movie or whatever, it's there's a there's a bias that's coming with yeah, it. There's a pantomime yeah. that's coming with it. It's yeah. like fairly offensive, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, a really good point. And, yeah. and, and in the same way that. The rest of the media, I guess, is like LA and New York are the sort of the places that are celebrated in country. Yeah. They're not, you know, a, a country band from LA will find it. People will eye you with suspicion. Yeah. Um, if you're from LA, because just it will be seen as inauthentic. I mean, yeah, authenticity is. It's so interesting how, thing, how similar it is to rap in that, like, it's another genre that is yeah. because it comes from poor people, is it obsessed with authenticity? Yeah. And it's, the idea of authenticity is just, it's like it's like Will Smith isn't seen as authentic, mm. even though he's very authentic to yeah. an LA experience. Yeah. But you could, your authenticity is only, you can only be authentic if you're authentic to something, like to yeah. a working class experience. Yeah. Um, so the whole idea of authenticity is like this weird construct in itself. Yeah. Which is, this, yeah, it's the same. I mean, rap and country are pretty much the same genre. They are. They're, they're themes. It's, they're, yeah, they're it's the same sort of like cloud of words that are used in different yeah, orders. It's outlaws different, and it's, yeah. it's that idea of being against, you know, so they do have a lot in common. Yeah. Virtually everyone I know who's a country fan is also a rap fan. Yeah. Like they do sort of, that sort of mythic America. It's just, an, it's just another type of myth that they're holding up. Mm. Um, a lot of guns. <laughs> a lot of guns on both sides. A awful lot of guns. More guns than, you know, than in pop. Yeah, it's like, um, what is that thing that, um, you know, in, in, in England about how the upper classes and the lower classes have the most in common because they're both obsessed with, uh, what is it? Uh, family, dogs and smoking inside. <laughs> <laughs> the same with rap and country. Obsessed with guns yeah. and being slighted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, revenge is yeah. huge in country, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so they start working together. We're still there. They they've written mm-hmm. this album and it becomes it's huge. It sells fifteen million copies, which is more than yeah. Taylor's sold of any album. Still fifteen million. Yeah, she sold like I think that's more than nineteen eighty nine. Wow. Which I think is her best selling album. 
I hope that's right. God. Um, well, it's also, I feel like that's slightly unfair because Taylor is in a world you know where I love Taylor. people I'm aren't not, buying it's just, CDs. It's just, but it's, yeah, no, yeah. it's true. But it's still a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. For, it's a hell of a lot. And it's a lot in 1993. So, yeah. You know, so it's, it's still a lot. So this is the beginning of like Shania breaking all kinds of records, right? Like, yeah, in country, definitely. She hasn't really... Uh, she's sort of starting to cross over. Any Man of Mine is certainly... Is appearing, at, you know, in, in, in Billboard and stuff. So she's started to... She's still a country phenomenon, really. And yeah. she is a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like her and Garth are... And and they're huge as you know, country hasn't seen anything like it's them. It's so strange. I think some... of them as contemporaries, and I don't think of them as contemporaries no. at all. Yeah, he just seems like such an ancient concept to me because he's yeah. the, the, big, the biggest selling uh, artist in Ireland. Yeah, I was going to say how I mean how much because Ireland loves country. I went to see Garth in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, and he sold um, out like three I nights. In it's Park. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and the whole of Dublin was. Yeah, was obsessed. turned over to him. Like there was like shops which just became Garth shops. Yeah, and people were outside the house just selling Garth hats, just outside their, in their front gardens. It's it's so I I have like no relationship with Garth Brooks. My parents love Garth Brooks, but like I just it never touched off of me for whatever reason, which is weird because I feel like I all their other stuff I sort of picked up, like the Les Miserables soundtrack and Billy Joel, but for some reason <laughs> Garth Brooks had nothing to do with me. Um, it was too much. But yeah, Ireland just loves to embrace a man with a guitar. Like yeah. I, I, I was you know thirty years old before I realized that David Gray isn't Irish <laughs> because I just was obsessed with David Gray. <laughs> they do love country music over there. That's yeah. like that is that that. I mean, they've got their own sort of. They've got their own country artists. Yeah, Daniel O'Donnell, Philomena Begley. I mean, these. So they do have their own country, and they and I think like American country artists love Ireland. Mm. And they see it as like, I mean, but then like, Ireland is half of what country music is built on, like the Irish influence. That's true, folk music. Basic, and, yeah, yeah. Like, and that comes from Scotland, and and the yeah, Finland meets like the banjo in the in the fields. Yeah, and that's what you get country music from. So I guess that's why it's, it is like the original source. Um, it is, I guess. God, I hadn't thought of it that way. I also think about it a lot in the sense that um, when I was growing up, and like when a band you know, like like the Pixies or the Kaiser Chiefs or whatever. Yeah. Like when they came to Ireland, it was such a big deal because people didn't always tour in Ireland or if they did, they did every other tour because it's just, they generally stopped in London. Yeah. And so there was this level of gratitude whenever anyone came. And then when you go to a gig, it, it, it just, it, those early experiences going to gigs as a teenager, as a teenager was just so electric because everyone was so grateful and then the artist yeah. always felt so grateful for the gratitude and generally being an American artist who has some kind of romantic view of Ireland anyway and so it's so electrifying and I also think it's the reason why I don't really go to that many gigs in London because I find London crowds so yeah, they dull. Are yeah, they are. I mean, they're, yeah. You know, and London reason, shows yeah. dull as a result. Yeah. It's the reason it's great to go to Plymouth. Yeah, it is. Because like, it it's is. great. It's great to go to Plymouth, Basingstoke. These places, yeah. Aberdeen. These places yeah. can be so happy you've come through and made the effort. London, it's yeah. like, oh, it's just another night. I've already been to a gig tonight. Totally. It's a third of the night. London you know. might be the worst city in the world. Why do we continue to I know, here? I know. It's the worst. It's always the worst one to play. And Brighton's yeah. quite similar. Like, yeah. obviously, I, I love these places, but a Brighton crowd, they're like, they turn up, they turn up on time. Like for the for the main act, so they miss the support because they kind of yeah. know how gigs work. Yeah, I do. They don't I do do that. They don't. Yeah, because we're, we're Londoners now. You know, yeah. in Plymouth, they'll be there at six. Ipswich. I remember Ipswich playing Ipswich once, and the whole the whole thing was like I was doing support, and they were everyone was sitting in their seats. 
Wow. Of course they are. They're like, we're only going to go it's out not, twice. Yeah, it's only go, a couple of nights out a month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're the support act, they're going to buy your CD as well. Because, you know, because oh. they're like, well, they're probably going to see two shows a year and buy, might as well buy the CD because they're not going to see many bands. We're huge in Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Love it yeah. so much. Uh, carry on. I don't know where we are. Oh, so we um, the the woman in me sells twelve million records. Fifteen. Fifteen million <laughs> records. <laughs> now what? Um, now she's huge, but yeah. she she does get a new manager. She gets Bruce Springsteen's manager at this point. Wow. And that's because she's like, oh, now I want to dominate the world. Okay, so where she's, does this thirst for domination come from? Do you think? I think she just wants to be. I don't know actually, because you're right. Because she does, uh, she just doesn't play live at this point. People mm-hmm. are suspicious of that. By the way, you know, does she play an instrument? Yeah, she can play all the instruments. Oh, all the instruments. Okay, I think she can play them all. Mm-hmm. I've seen her holding all the instruments. Okay, okay, great. But mind you, I've been pictured holding a guitar, and I can't play that. But um, <laughs> she, I don't know whether the, I don't know where it comes from. I think it's just that she she loves her songs. She loves writing the songs, and she has sort of. I think she has appreciated. Mm how much she's resonated with people yeah like how much these songs have resonated because she's writing from a, a like a, a a sort of very female perspective mm. like all the songs they're like the role reversal songs or they're they're just about being a woman and I think I think she's she's enjoyed like her fans she mm. has a very sentimental garbage fan base I yes. guess it's like 90% women 10% yeah. gay men that yeah. is her fan base not always I don't know if it always was. Like, I do think it might be that sort of Titanic thing where men were into it, but as more women got into it, they they they, they turn away from it and they yeah. kind of begin to ridicule it. Because there was every sort of reason for men to be into it. Mutt Lang's involved. Yeah. You know, but I, do, I, I think that as more women get into it, men I also sort of turn think, away from it. particularly with this next album, um, which the name of the album is just... Come on over. Come on over, sorry. Yeah. Um, there's so many hits on that album. You're still the one, Man, I Feel Like a Woman, Don't Impress Me Much, that are just so, I associate with like a kind of a chick flickiness, yeah. right? It's kind of like, that is the song that you set like a woman in like a ad for shaving your legs kind of yeah. thing. Man, I feel like, it's like, it's very like, yeah, girls, we know it's the 90s. It's the go-go 90s, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I can see why men would jump off the ship at that point. It doesn't because I, that's fine though because it doesn't feel like it's for them no. in, in a way. No, I don't, it probably wasn't for straight men. Like it, it's just in, it's not it's not designed. For it's them. so fucking female. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, she is. She's nailing that experience. You know, she's like, yeah. this is you know, this is somewhere for us all to go. And she's obviously very happy with that. Like, yeah, I, you know, with that being her audience. Yeah, she doubles down on it on the next album. I think. Th- I think that is. Really smart, and she like triples down on the on up. You know, she just yeah. she just keep just being like, "This is great. I'm very happy." And maybe that's just like yeah. you, I guess she would if that was if you had found an audience that you that who really responded to you yeah. and and got you and you got them. You know, then it's so interesting. Um, artists and uh, the writers and musicians or whatever, the ones who um, see the people who their work is resonating with and for. Um, and they really double down into that. And they're like, I'm going to have this. I, I'm not sure what her relationship with her fans is like. But like, you know, you look at someone like Taylor, who like from the early days was like, saw the girls who were listening to her music and inviting them to listen to partners and making them feel like they were part of this thing with her, as opposed to like constantly trying to court uh, a population you're never going to win over, yeah. which having just watched the Robbie Williams documentary. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is six hours uh, of, of misery. That is like somebody who had an idea of a person in their head that they were going to win over, that they were never going to win over. So who's he trying to win over? Who'd... Like the enemy. And right, stuff, okay. You know, like so the that, indie crowd. Yeah. The indie crowd. And like yeah. he he's so just apoplectic for all those years about like I write these songs like everyone thinks it's Guy Chambers so I'm leaving Guy Chambers yeah, so people yeah. can see I can write it alone and you know I'm I'm a mastermind of this I'm the biggest selling artist in the world how come you will not respect me yet kind That's of thing so interesting isn't it and then you get these other artists like Shania who are like I will add more exclamation points to yeah, my yeah. songs more descriptions of how fun it is to be a woman <laughs> on a night out which are like most of her favourites my favourites of her songs are just like yeah. it's good to be a lady <laughs> like yeah, that's basically, there aren't that many songs like know, that it's so like, celebratory and it comes yeah. from such a sort of and also the songs that are like that are kind of they can be a bit na- like she does I think maybe it's because of her backstory and you kind of give her that sort of she's written these in, with such adversity that you kind mm. of give her if Shania wants to have fun would do, you know it's like on yeah. a night out look if Shania wants to have a good look let's just go to that bar <laughs> if Shania wants to go let's just go because yeah. you know she's been through so much it's like when you've got a friend who's broken up with someone you just do what they you just yeah. do what they do like and Shania's oh whole life is like break dun, out after break that's what Shania wants to go there and I think that's where she takes it why she takes her audience yeah there. she's just she's always like the fun friend who's been through a lot and we need to be there for them yeah and she is just going to give you a great night if you follow her yeah I can see that there is so much to be had in being a part of this fandom because, like, the, even listening, you you very kindly made me a playlist to give me the the intro to Shania and listening to that. And like, you know, we're in a depressing part of the year; it's getting darker every day. Like, I'm not feeling great physically. Like, it's just like blah, kind yeah. of. And there's this the way this fucking music will lift you up. Yeah. And like, I know it seems so tried to be like it just makes me happy or whatever. It's just like it's, it's so simple, yeah. but it's so fucking uplifting. It's like a baraka. Like it's so good. Yeah. It's like a baraka. It really is. <laughs> and it's funny. I mean, she's funny as well. Like she and she's quite. Her lyrics are always quite conversational, which she yeah. again was quite. She was like, she did that on purpose. Mm. She was aware that she wrote. She wanted to write in quite a conversational way and. And what she, what does she say about her writing craft? I think that that, that she she works on it very hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but that she did for sort of for the net for coming over. She wanted it to feel like the sort of phrases she was using would be a bit would be more conversational. Would be mm. feel like she was chatting to friends. Yeah, and that's for like for for coming over, which she definitely you know she's probably one of the reasons. I mean, I don't use a lot of these phrases and every, but come on over. You know, it's like yeah. it is. Um, it, it is quite. You feel like she's your friend, I guess. Yeah. Um, Which is a, a, a part of why it feels so very hen nighty or yeah, something. Yeah, I think so. It does feel like a, it's just like it's yeah. quite girls. And even when the sort of subjects get dark, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, it's that's okay because that can happen on a night out. You know that hap- <laughs> yeah. you have those moments as you've had. A, you know, then you might start talking about domestic violence. Yeah, that can happen, like on a night out. Like yeah. And, yeah. But Shania's, she's always going to go. She'll, but she, you're back on the dance floor before yeah. you know it. You know, men's shirts, short skirts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like there's something, something we talked about in the girls' one half fun episode is that there's like there's like bits of that song. It's like such a silly song, but then if I hear it out and I'm on the dance floor, I'll just sort of like clutch my chest at a point and be like, yeah. oh, it's actually it's become emotionally overwhelming to me. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 on that song that like that oh oh after the yeah, men's yeah. shirts, short skirts, it really upsets me. <laughs> Upsets you. I don't. It's just like it. Just it. It's like too much, almost. 
<laughs> it's too emotionally. Yeah. It resonates too much with you. Yeah. <laughs> it is an incredible line. I don't yeah. I'm not, like every time I hear it, it, it's like it's such a sexy line as well. Yeah, it's so sexy. It, um, and it's so good. And it's so empowering. Yeah, I mean, it's Chanel, so empowering. <laughs> I'm getting really warm and emotional thinking of <laughs> I mean, that. I mean, Shania is, it, she is empowering, in a, but never in, like, in a very special way. I do think. Yeah. I feel it very empowered by that line. Yeah. And I, obviously, me wearing a men's shirt would be fairly normal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know. Yeah, there's something. There's a, I'm sure there's a whole genre of songs that and we could think of lots of them together. But like of like songs that like are silly in premise and silly in introduction, and then they just build to some kind of strange universal truth that sort of like gets you, and that sort of makes the song like really indelible. Yeah. For example, as much as I think Taylor Swift's career will last many eons and great, I think Shake It Off will eventually be forgotten because it's a silly song that means nothing like there's no part of shake it off that feels like it means anything yeah whereas i know man i feel like a woman that bit there's just bits of it that i'm just like just want to scream and cry (laughs) i know that's got the line about the the best best thing about being a woman is yeah her prerogative to have a little fun fun. i know that's that's in thinking about shania as i have done for the last two months ever since you said go on and talk about shania i have thought about that line a lot like because like is that the best thing like is it is yeah. is the prerogative of being a woman to have a little fun like is that yeah. and I, was, I started to think like is that what basically I started to ask around do men have fun <laughs> and no. I would ask around because, and basically I'd start I, I was at a wedding uh-huh. and um, a friend of mine was explaining how one of the reasons he'd broken up with his girlfriend before was because he wouldn't dance at weddings. And I suddenly thought how, like, yeah. how strange it was. That, and then I started to worry that, you know, had Shania, you know, telling me that the best thing about being a woman was the prerogative to have a little fun. And I, I was like, w- do men even know how to have fun? No. And, I don't, and as I've asked around, I'm finding <gasps> less evidence for them knowing how to have fun. And what... <sighs> this is very big. It is. This is this is big. I say this is very big. Um, I something I, I found myself saying a lot lately is um, I think men have been uh, societally groomed to be an army for so many hundreds of years now that they don't know how to not be an army. Yeah. Like I'm. I <laughs> like and I and I include my my lovely husband in this and like we've been together for a very long time and he's a very fun man. He's I would say he's actually pound for pound funner than me. Um, wow. Yeah. That's and fun. I, and that's fun. <laughs> And, that, and I'm pretty fun. We're a fun couple. You want to be next to us at a wedding, um, but like, there's a thing of like of um, when he, like when left to his own devices or left alone, he doesn't know how to make things nice for himself or something. You know what I mean? Like he'll just like sit in a room in his coat on his computer and not think to like put a candle on or put, make the lighting nice or put yeah. nice music on. He'll just like be listening. To heavy metal in a coat looking at fonts in the cold <laughs> and it won't occur to him unless there are other people and, and specifically women around to make fun happen that's so that's I oh yeah god try the same I'll definitely like oh, what's for, if I'm on my own it'd be like what's for dinner I'll just walk to the freezer yeah oh it's fish fingers then 
no thought yeah. like what would I like for dinner no not at all I, remember, I listened to a podcast recently that had two male hosts and they, one of them was talking about very lovingly about his wife and he was like I came downstairs the other day and Meredith had cut half a lemon to put in her water and I could not I could not think of that even occurring to me uh, <laughs> I was like poor men I know they have no prerogative to have a little I know fun. they don't because I, I don't know why they're not dancing at weddings, but they're not. I don't. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I dance at a wedding because the, the like the alternative is talking at a wedding, talking about the Premier League uh, yeah. to the to yeah. you know, and so it's like get to the dance floor, you know. So yeah. um, I'd have a dance, but I do what I've as I've asked around. People have been like, no, dancing is. Yeah. People f- like couples fall out. The biggest really? arguments they've ever had is over like one of them's made their husband dance and then yeah. after they, I can't believe he did that do you like dancing yeah I like dancing <laughs> I love but dancing I do love to dance because you know it's fun it's a funny thing to do I'm quite aware yeah. of it and I understand yeah I'm probably more aware of it than women are mm. women are probably better dancers we've got more to move and more outfits to move in yeah which is... you've probably spent more time yeah practicing dancing like I did a, like obviously when I was like 10 I'd probably practice a bit of dancing yeah. but so when I dance I dance like George Michael <laughs> well, no, I don't, don't dance like George Michael but it is yeah. reminiscent of um, so I think men tend to learn one dance mm-hmm. and so like a few years later they'd probably learn how to dance like bets and now that's their dance yeah. so men yeah. learn dance and they'll stick to it mm-hmm. their whole lives so I you know I, I do like it but I'm not a a good dance. I'm glad that we got to go for this episode about dancing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, we're talking about dance. No, but, but, I, but I love going dancing with Gavin. It's yeah. my favorite thing. And we sometimes go just two of us. So so that's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. But men do men have fun yeah. without women? I don't know. Uh, yeah, they don't know how not to be an army. I don't know. Yeah, and they yeah. don't. And it always seems to be like when I thought about the ways that men had fun, mm. it always seemed to be a victim that there was always like bants or like roasts like there's always like yeah. is there always for men to have fun does someone else have to not be having fun yes that because of army yeah because yeah. of the army and that would make sense wouldn't it <laughs> yeah. because men are an army and that's why they missed out and, and basically if they if, if one of them goes and has fun the whole what happened yeah. the, the patriarchy collapses is that what is that what they're holding up uh-huh. by not is that what they I don't know what they're what, what they're fighting what are they fi- what? well that's the thing that's by the not dancing what are they yeah. not dancing because they're fighting something is it just in their heads <laughs> what is the battle it must suck like <laughs> I wouldn't be a man if you paid me no and they're charging me so yeah. <laughs> statistically um, yeah fuck yeah they don't they, yeah the best thing about being a woman is her prerogative to have a little fun I mean women aren't as afraid of being humiliated like they aren't as afraid of being embarrassed. That's so true. Because it's like they're that used Margaret to it. Atwood line is that um, men are afraid that women won't laugh at their jokes, and women yeah. are afraid that men will kill them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. I guess like women aren't scared of humiliation. Society is like humiliates yeah. them. Every, like tries to humiliate <laughs> everywhere they turn. They're trying to, you know. Of course, they're not. Men are like. I think that's what men. Are, you know, the reason men don't dance is because yeah. a they're in an army and they're scared of being humiliated. Yeah, I, I think they're well, scared. Well, the thing of men are in the army, even when they're not in the army, is that they they, they, they find comfort in uniformity when they're together and yeah. and and identifying the weakness in others because army. Yeah. Wow. I love it when we get a bit like but they, this. But they also, yeah, the well of nonsense is The well of nonsense is, is deep. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they also, what's also weird about men, this isn't really like, but is that mm-hmm. they, when they chat to each other, yeah. they disagree with each other the whole time. Whereas yeah. when women chat to each other, they like really supportive. It's and, very yes and with women. Yes, women are in yes, improv yes, all yes, the time. And. Whereas yeah. men, it's like, it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to disagree with you. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I don't think men have opinions. Their opinion is the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> That's basically what men's opinion is. They don't have actually any line on anything. I, that's just my experience. You hate men. I don't hate them. You I just, hate I them. just mistrust them. Okay. Good. You should. Yeah. Wow. I don't. <laughs> they're okay. Uh, I like. I like. If you want to touch your ass a lot. It's an incredible song title, and it's great advice. Yeah. Like that's just that's like the obviously it's quite low level. Like that's uh-huh. the the lowest it should be. Like if you want to touch your ass, simple exclamation mark. It's like. <laughs> Which does actually make that quite a strange sentence, I think, the exclamation mark on that. Yeah. <laughs> is there an exclamation mark? Yeah. There is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is... follows the song, whatever you do, exclamation point, don't, exclamation point. <laughs> so if you... But it's, a fu- it's like, but again, that thing of Shania is really good at writing songs that are like funny and silly, but have like the sort of like the kernel of like truth and justice in them. Yeah. And like the thing about if you want to touch your ass is that it sounds like if you want to touch your ass. Yeah. You know, and oh. it's like, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. She does. I, I think she'd appreciate that joke because she is funny. Yeah. She would definitely know that's. I mean, the peak of her humour obviously comes with that don't press me much. Yeah. Which like, which was literally, I don't know if you watch um, Drag Race at all. Not since season seven. So was that a, okay? <laughs> it's just, that was just the last one I saw. Oh, I don't know what season we're on now. Um, well, UK season at okay. the moment. Uh, Kate Butch, who's a great queen, uh, did a performance of, uh, basically the, the runway prompt was icons. And she came on in the leopard print. Um, don't impress me much. Yeah. Get up. But she also performed the entire thing of like taking out a picture of Brad Pitt out of her, hand, her handbag yeah. and sort of like shaking her head and throwing it away. And it was just great. And it's like, like oh yeah, this is a drag queen song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an amazing because it's... Obviously women spend a lot of their time feeling like they need to... They're under pressure to impress... Other people, so It yeah. just, just flips it straight. And Shania is just like... The fact that she sort of casts men in this role of being the ones that are trying to impress her. She often casts men in... The role reverse, and I like she, that. Yes, she does. Which is a really fun thing. Like, yeah. honey, I'm home. She just re- reverse, you know, she flips yeah. that. So she's the one that's coming home from work and yeah. wants to get a bone for her dog, which I guess is another good joke. Yeah, um, yeah so that's kind of a thing. And that's just one of those songs that that definitely sort of taps into that. Yeah. That idea that, because it's the, it's Shania, like, she does sort of, she doesn't belittle men, but she sort of, it's that idea, that sort of Tammy Wynette thing. It's like, after all, he's just a man in yeah. Stand By Your Man, where she says that line. And I kind of feel she sort of takes that line and just like men, they're not, they're not, she's not, she doesn't, she loves them. That's the thing. She absolutely loves them, but she also just sort of doesn't expect too much of them. Yeah. She, do, she doesn't expect much of men. And why should she? And why should she? Because she's got no <laughs> examples of it. So she's got hits coming out of her arse. How's the marriage going? <laughs> marriage is going all right, actually. In, yeah. Certainly in, you know, 97, she's doing right. It's, it's certainly doing okay. They moved to, Mutt moved to Switzerland. He's a very private man. Like, there aren't many photos of him. There's, mm-hmm. I think there's any, I've never seen a video of Mutt. Um, so he moves to Switzerland for a bit of privacy. She is by now getting very famous. I mean, Coming Over has sold 40 million copies. Wow. So it is, it's like the ninth best-selling album of all time. What? Any genre. 
Like, I think I am always surprised by how huge Shia was. Yeah. Like, it's Because, yeah, she, for sure, she was huge. And, like, the, the, every yeah. time you turned on MTV, she was there. And every time the radio was on, she was there. But so were many things. I know. And, like, so it's hard to think of her as this, like, huge record breaker because she just felt like one of a cast of many characters in the 90s, yeah. you know? But she was kind of, I think, because of the countries. I mean, country sells a lot. Yeah. Anyway, Garth Brooks is selling way more than any, you know, in the 90s, he's selling way more than anyone. Mm. And so it's quite, I think, with that country base, she's yeah. selling a lot. And then she has ads pop to it and a bit of rock you yeah. kind of get all she's the bases scooping she, up everyone. she scoops up everyone it just becomes huge and it's quite mad even now I'm, like it is mad that it's the ninth selling biggest album ever and the biggest selling by, album by a female artist yeah. of any genre um, so it's it's crazy so it's outselling Madonna you know it's yeah, not, Madonna's yeah. from that time you know it's outselling and, but wh- why does country sell the way it does? I think it's because it just... Uh, gas stations? Yeah, gas stations. It's just working class America. Like so yeah. much of America, middle America particularly, is just country. I mean, it is... You've driven across that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is mad how every radio station you switch on is country. Like, But it's a genre that people sort of don't don't, don't listen to at all. Some aren't aware of, you know. The biggest selling album last year was by a country artist. But you wouldn't know that. Yeah. Like in America, that is, is which is it's crazy. Just like, yeah, it's just such a. There's just so many people. Like, yeah, America. it's just so many people. And Nobody just, knows how many. They just love country music, and they. I think they have to sort of balance the charts. Otherwise, mm. it would just be like the Billboard. I think they have to balance yeah. it, so they have to sort of balance out the areas where country. Otherwise, country would just dominate those charts as well. But there's also something happening in the '90s specifically, right? I feel like there's like a line dancing return. Yeah, there's like something kind of rhinestone cowboy happening. It definitely happens. Like women are like. In the nineties, as a country like mm. at, they're like ruling as well. That's the, yeah. the crazy thing. The chicks are about to come out, and mm-hmm. you know, like Leanne Rhymes. So there's these huge like oh, yeah, female yeah, artists nice. on on the way, which I guess Shania probably paves the way for. Just yeah. makes it like so you know they can because radio stations are, are certainly af- often afraid to play women. They still are. I mean, it's got worse, mm. but um, they they they're not sure about they 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 rely on the sort of male the male country artists. Um, yeah so I don't know why I think it's just all of them coming out at the same time and men maybe not putting out I mean Garth's putting out some big records but mm. and the, I mean the 90s were just huge for country anyway yeah um, just was just a big time why okay so I think about why it, I tell you what, what it probably is it's mm. a return to this is quite like a muso like a musical okay. answer but after Urban Cowboy the film with John Travolta comes in. Yes. So the 70s of country are kind of like a golden age for women, like Dolly's coming through, but mm-hmm. it's like very pop mm-hmm. women, Crystal Gale, Dolly Parton, people like that. And you, and at the same time, the men are doing like Willie Nelson. It's like the outlaw mm. movement. So you've got mm. the 70s are very big. And then 80s, there's a dip, like right at the beginning, you get the urban cowboy film and it becomes yeah. like suddenly sort of country fashion is yes. um, very popular and a sort of certain kind of sort of poppy country. And then you get, because there's this sort of, because country becomes very successful and quite mainstream, mm. um, it's there's there's a, there's a reaction against that that comes mm-hmm. from the authentic side. And you get a movement of neo-traditionalists mm. coming through, of which Steve Earle mm-hmm. is one. And you mm-hmm. get a whole, and Garth Brooks is, is one of those as well. So they come in. And they kind of return country to a very traditional sound, albeit with like a new production. And that's probably and, why. And you so get an when you're thinking of that, what I'm thinking of is like 
So I went to the day with my dog and my four and a half. It's like that. Like, that kind of boring. Country. That kind of country. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of country. Yeah. Yeah. Very traditional. Very, yeah. But very, very easy to ignore. Not. Like, yeah. Not like, not, yeah, yeah. Not like, it's not, it's not poppy, but it's certainly sort of, you do get this country becomes emboldened within itself. By mm. this, this all these new artists who return it to something that's seen as very authentic. Everyone could get behind it. Mm. Um, the, the poppiness of the seventies mm. and the early eighties has, has sort of been cleared away, and now these twangy country, yeah. and you get that. And which, and which Shania is, well, Garth is definitely a part of that. So Garth mm. blows up, and kind of at the same time as he blows up, he sort of destroys it because he's so big, he becomes yeah. bigger than everything. And uh. I guess Garth's success in the early 90s was paving way for a certain kind of like a new supercharged country yeah uh, which which Shania fits very neatly into and you've got there's a lot of women coming through like Reba yeah. McIntyre Martina McBride all these sort of mm. big women coming through you know <laughs> big you know, big names coming through I just came up in my head with a simile that is so insane <laughs> <laughs> and I think makes no sense let's hear it <laughs> you know how you know how everyone loves Watsits? <laughs> and yeah. and um, we've had Watsits forever. And yeah. they've always been in lunchboxes and around. Yeah. And then if there's been a breaking through moment of now we have the giant Watsits. <laughs> and giant Watsits are everywhere. And you can get prawn cocktail giant Watsits as well. And they're so good that I've actually forgotten that Watsits were ever a small size. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Garth Brooks is the giant Watsit of 90s country. <laughs> And Shania is, is the, the prawn prawn <laughs> oh, You get it. You got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. okay. That's made sense. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually what ha- that is. That is exactly what happens, though. You're right. And if you held a, like a what a normal size what's it in your hand, yeah, now, regulation what's it? Yeah, you'd be like, this is not enough <laughs> this is for not, me anymore. This is not no. <laughs> And that's what Shania does to country. Yeah, she's the prawn cocktail giant one. Yeah, she basically is, yeah. And after Shania, things are never the same again. They can't be. She changed yeah. it. Her and Garth yeah. changed it. Where do we go from here vis-a-vis Watsits and country music? What's I guess now the Watsits become more confessional. Watsits are like Americana. It's like, we, you know, it's like <laughs> maybe there's 40 people at the show. It's very good. Very good. But there's no one's really into them. We really want the big Watsit. Yeah, yeah. We... <laughs> the big bag as well. The, the big, big bag. The big Watsit yeah. in the big bag. <laughs> uh, Good. Glad about that. Yeah. <laughs> Line dancing actually probably comes in with the urban cowboy era. Yeah. Like they, the sort of in the early 80s, people are probably getting into it. And then, yeah. I mean, it's fun, isn't it? The wool packers and all that stuff. Line dancing's you know. coming back again now. Yeah. Yeah. I know a few women who are part of like lesbian line dancing communities. So. I mean, country's coming back, like, yeah. which is probably Taylor. Uh-huh. I think that's probably, like, but then it's like, you know, but it's a Haim bit like, and Boy Genius and yeah. Waxahachie, you know, oh, Jess Williamson, yeah. all these, it's all, they grew up, I guess they grew up with Shania and then Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do get, and so suddenly they're just all these, the country's just in everything now, mm. as well as being in country itself. It feels like every artist has a little bit of country in them. Yeah. Um, yeah, because inevitably, if you're somebody who starts their songwriting career with like an acoustic guitar in their bedroom, yeah. you're probably teaching yourself with country songs. Yeah, exactly. And therefore, yeah. you know. With, yes, and with, especially with Taylor songs. If someone's yeah. like 10 years old in 2006, they're going to totally. be mid-20s now and they're going to be 
yeah. that they grew up on. And, you know, however pop she gets, she still has that sort of country thing of mm. lyrics first. You know, the lyrics and the story are still, yeah. um, still what drives it. We're running out of time. Oh, God. <laughs> we definitely run out of time. But we need to carry on with Shania's life story and what happened okay. to her many betrayals and heartbreaks. Okay, so let's go. So um, they moved to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Shania has... Shania comes off tour. He goes first. Um, she moves to Switzerland to like a 46-room um, mansion mm-hmm. um, in the middle of nowhere. Her only friends are Matt Lang's assistant, Marie and Thibault, and mm-hmm. her husband, Frederic Thibault. Um, she has a child. Her and Marianne are pregnant at the same time. Um, they're really their only friends. They live in a f- huge house which has yeah. 45 empty rooms, I guess, and... And they live in this like little village in Switzerland, they, and they, and that's it. They, she has a a baby, and they just live in their lives. She does. She puts out a couple of albums, but country has changed for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, what's it, etc. What's it, nine eleven? You know, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, and so, they they just sort of exist in there. She's not really. She puts out up the album mm-hmm. and tours it, but then she goes back to Switzerland and. Um, while she's touring um, the Up album, she does go for a ride in the forest on her horse and gets um, bitten by a tick. No. Yeah. She does not get Lyme disease. She gets Lyme disease. No. She loses her voice. So she starts to, while she's, on, while she's on tour for Up, she starts to get dizzy spells on stage and doesn't know why. And she keeps like having these millisecond blackouts every 30 seconds and doesn't know why. And they can't work out why. And then she loses her voice. What? Yeah. I know the tra- it's the tragedy that sort of keeps hitting tonight. It's just like you. It's almost like they, they they sort of ran out of plot ideas. Yeah, because isn't there? There's frequently a thing over like whether Lyme disease is even real or not. It is a thing, but like obviously it is. Yeah, <laughs> it happened to Happened yeah. to Avril Lavigne as well, right? Yeah. Do, do people not think it's a thing? Yeah, there's a lot of arguments that it's like a psychosomatic illness. Oh, maybe she just lost her voice. Because... And that it's and that it's often experienced by famous people who have uh, gone through so much trauma, both oh. physical and mental, through punishing touring schedules and just like the, the head fuck of fame. That why is it always that famous people are getting Lyme disease, even though they have these incredibly clean lives? Yeah, that, I mean... Do... And then it often results in them not being able to physically perform. And basically, I think it's accused of being like heavy legs or whatever you know okay is what I've heard I I, I have no dog in this fight but I'm like <laughs> no but is it do you, do, so do you know are there, are there any like people who aren't famous who've got Lyme disease not, 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 I've never heard of a normal person getting <laughs> Lyme disease no no wow yeah it's often played this, uh, like in kind of movies and TV of like a character with Lyme disease is kind of like a bit batty kind of thing because well, they think they have Lyme disease, but what they actually have is a host of undiagnosed mental yeah. and physical problems they're calling but, Lyme disease. Because which is like from trauma and stuff. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, that could tie in. Again, I mean, that could be totally untrue. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm trusting Shania's... Me too, I trust um, Shania. She, she got, but at the same time, mm-hmm. she does go through a lot now. So she's... Her and Mark are starting to have... They've been married for like 14 years, mm-hmm. I guess, at this point. Um, and they're starting to have a few marital problems. Mm. Um, Shania's best friend out there is Marianne, his assistant. They've got really close. You know, they both had children exactly the same time. She's a best friend and confidant. Uh, <laughs> confidant. <laughs> um, and she's, she says to Marianne, you know, I think, you know, me and Mark are growing apart. Marianne says, oh, strangely, me and my husband, Frederick, are also growing apart. But that's, you know... 
Shania's like, oh, you know, I just, you know, we're struggling a bit at the moment. Marianne says, don't, you know. We're, just, we're all been there. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Don't worry. It'll be absolutely fine. Um, Shania and Mark go, for three, month, three months or every year, they go to New Zealand for mm. a little time away. Lush. And yeah. It's great. You can do that. You know, you're ninth biggest year. You can do that. Yeah, um, and so they they go this time in 2007. I think it must be. And Mutt flies home a couple of times, which is strange. He hasn't done that before. He That's says, a long flight. Says he's got to work. Yeah, it's mm. a long flight back to Switzerland. Um, Schneider's like left alone with her son and whoever she's with in uh, in New Zealand, and calls back home a couple of times to Marianne to say, you know. Mutt's gone home and um, I'm worried about her marriage. She doesn't, he won't look me in the eye. There's definitely, you know, I'm, I'm worried maybe he's having an affair. Marianne says, absolutely not. Absolutely ridiculous. Who would have a, sh- who, who would cheat? Who, who would he cheat with? Who, there's no who, one here. There's no one here. Except me. Me, me and Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> there's no one here. So, and also who would, che- who, he wouldn't cheat on you, a Shania Twain. Like who would, yeah. which is a question I'm asking Mark now, like who would cheat on Shania Twain? Like who, yeah. it's madness to even think of it. <laughs> anyway, even think of it. She returns home, um, back to Switzerland, and has a seems to have some sort of dinner party where she confronts them. She asks yeah. Marianne um, and asks them out. Asks them, "Are you having an affair?" Uh-huh. Um, they deny the affair. They're like, "You look crazy." Of course, no, we're not. We're not having an affair. Um, no, Shania is going crazy at this point because she thinks like before that she thought that Mutt might be like have like some sort of terminal illness because he was acting so weird and just couldn't you know like anyone in this situation she starts making up these things of like what uh-huh. could it possibly be because she refuses to sort of acknowledge that maybe the worst is true. Um, anyway, for some reason they don't tell her, but they get Frederick to tell her. So the next day, Frederick, Marianne's husband, tells Shania that they've been having an affair. The whole oh, time. And he says he's God. found out by looking at like their bank statements and they've been like going for spa breaks together. And... What? But Marianne had like, you know, Marianne had, had said, you know, nothing's happening. Had assured her that nothing was happening. And it was her all along. Marianne. So they get divorced. Judas. In 2010. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't really ever um, forgive Marianne. Nor should she. And she kind of forgives Mutt just because. Father of her kids. Yeah, and she's got that thing. It's like after yeah. all, he's just a man. It's like that thing. It's like she expects so little of them. It's it's always like, Meh. but she expects a lot from women, and particularly yeah. her closest confidant, her closest friend, Marianne. Yeah, so she, so wow. so that's the betrayal that comes, and she loses with much. She loses like her musical partner as well, which I think is the sort oh. of that she does lose both her husband and the person who she's made all her successful records with. So it's it's tough. <laughs> that's really tough, and she's. And she's getting her voice back. She's having. But then. But then, hang on. Hang on a minute. Who's this on the phone? It's the other person who lives in Switzerland <laughs> that isn't well, currently. Well, it can't be. She's not speaking to Marianne. Still hasn't spoken to her. Doesn't speak to Mutt. Hang on, Frederick's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so Frederick. So then she just she's, her. She's in. I think she's back in Canada, and someone suggests it's like, hey, we can't really help you with this, Shania. This is such an awful thing you've been through. You know who would know. Yeah, I think so. The only says, person who you can relate to, yeah, who can relate to, would be Frederick. Why don't you give Frederick a call? You always got on, and uh, and so nice. they start chatting loads, getting on well, lovely, just friends, just getting on well. And then I think it's their kids, weirdly, who are like they're hanging out one week because obviously the kids go to their separate houses, yeah. every other weekend yeah. in Switzerland. So, How old are the kids at this point? So they've each got a kid, uh, ten. Okay. So the kids are there, and I think the kids are like. 
they say, um, why, why don't you two just get together? <laughs> why don't you two just kiss? Stop messing about. Get a room, will you? That sort of thing. Aww. And so they get together. And Frederick is so sweet. I, I, I see him yeah. around because he's such a part of Shania's life. Like yeah. when I, I went to an HMV signing with Shania cause, and Frederick was there just shopping for DVDs. Oh. And when I saw her the other day in concert, he was on stage like taking photos of her. He's he was like a Nestle executive or something. But he's not yeah. anymore. Now he just sort of follows Shania around because who wouldn't? Oh. I mean, you follow your girlfriend around. <laughs> exactly. I find very oh, nice. That's true, actually. I am the, the Frederick. Tebow you are the Frederick of Girl Ray. <laughs> I am. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I go DVD shopping while they yeah. do signings. Yeah, that's lush. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it's got a happy end. It's got lo- and she gets her voice back. Her voice, yeah, you know, she has like laryngoplasty or something, yeah. some, something on her voice book um, to to fix that. So she's got her voice back, and it's just a bit more raspy now. And she's amazing. I feel like now she talks about her live shows. She loves them. Finally, really? loves them. I think she finally understands that it's not about her. It's about the audience. Oh, that's so interesting. Which yeah. I think before she just always thought like, it's about me, but I'm not getting enough from this. Yeah. Why is it all about me? I mean, she's a Virgo. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, we had the same birthday. So yeah. um, I kind of have this insight into her, <laughs> to her work, into her mind, because we're both born on the same same, same 28th of August. You're both crucially virgins. Yeah. So <laughs> crucially virgins who never had sex. <laughs> and that's not what a Virgo is. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, but no, so now she's enjoying it. And she loves the show. And seeing the shows now, she kind of brings people up. And and she appears, she, she starts the show in the crowd. They push her out in a box. <gasps> you don't really know where she's going to appear. And then she just pops up, sometimes on the top, sometimes down the bottom. Oh! And she just jumps out of a box. And it's like, here's Shania. Because she's like, it's not about Shania anyway. It's about all of us. Because yeah. because like in the song, it's like she is a... She is like an ecologist. She's a romance novelist. Oh, yeah. You know, she is all these things. She is all of She's all women everywhere around the world. <laughs> and as a woman, that is true. I can, I can confirm. Please, yeah. Can you confirm yeah. if that's true? Confirm she is me. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Wow. It, it is kind of Obviously, I love Taylor Swift a lot. But it's amazing when you think of like Taylor Swift, who's like, she's written these sort of like Bibles and elegies on heartbreak and betrayal and mistrust and really nothing very bad has ever happened well, to this her. Is the thing. And she's just basically talking about boyfriends and that's why people love her yeah, because yeah. They, they can see the, the mundanity of being in an everyday relationship as a 33-year-old woman mm. is in glorious technicolor in the Taylor Swift universe. But then there's this other take on that where you can have the most tragic life possible and just write the campest most upbeat incredible songs because you know what true misery is and you don't want anyone else to have to go through it yeah. and something so generous about that I know I do th- I think I was thinking if a man had been through what like had been yeah. through what you'd probably end up with Jeff Buckley like you yeah. end up, like you would end up he would want to share the misery yeah and Taylor doesn't really share the misery I think she's kind of like she wants to give you a place where you can be yeah, miserable she's I like think. yeah she's it's a reassuring arm around the shoulder, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, As opposed to Jeff Buckley, which is like, yeah. pity me. Pity. Yeah, or like an Elliot Smith. Or, yeah. Yeah. And where Shania's not like, no time for that. Yeah. We've been through enough. Yeah, life Tonight. is hard enough. Yeah. I, I, really, I just respect the grit of that so much. Yeah. I love her. I can't believe yeah. I came into this podcast being like, I like Shania Twain. She's got some fun songs. And now I'm just like, I'm, I will march in that army. I yeah. will be an army for Shania. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the other, the opposing army. The opposing. Army. Oh God! The, finally, a war. Finally, a war. Finally, that's what they've been waiting for. Oh. Uh, Jaff, go on. We have to go. It's been so long. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Ted, no, it's. Just, I just want to talk to you all the time. Um, what's the, what? What are you playing at the moment? Not a lot, really. I mean, I'm in a country band called Legends of Country. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you, yeah, if you're in the mood to get some country, and you yeah, should be after but that. But really, like, I do you said, want to eat some little watsits? Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely a little watsit. <laughs> definitely, if you if you like little watsits. Never going to be a big what's it. <laughs>